thanks to you for tuning in to episode 116 of Near Perfect Pitch. If it's your first programme, you picked a good one, you really have, because this week's programme is brought to you by the legend that is Robert Forster and the apple cinnamon oatmeal cookie. Yes, Robert has his latest solo LP out called Inferno. I'm going to be talking to him uh, in detail at the end of the programme. Of course, Robert X of The Go-Betweens, just a phenomenal singer-songwriter. And you are in for a treat to come the end of the programme in about uh, two hours' time. What else have we got? Well, of course, we've got our usual features. That's a given. You're always going to get those. And they consist of, in no particular order, losing one shit, which is essentially rolling back the years and drawing the curtains or, or not just showing off if you like but just lose it to a what's probably called uh, in popular vernacular a banger a classic sort of a carpet cutter as it were we've got a weekly peel this week which uh, in this instance is uh, it's magazine actually as i try and scroll through my feeble little set list here we've got essential wax which this week is julianne hatfield we've got tinterweb time we've got a couple of cover versions and of course the interview we have a hat trick and it's just a great show that's riddled riddled and I mean that in the truest sense of the word, riddled with new releases, such as the latest material by Teenage Fan Club. Fancy that, uh, new material by Methyl Ethel. We've got a new material, too, by Christine X, uh, Baby Girl, something off the new Chills album, something new by The Black Watch. Oh, it's grand today, it really is. I'm going to kick things off with a little bit of a low-fidelity all-stars. Dear God, the patient's best intentions have sadly faltered. Despite his newly installed varnished brain and being force-fed gallons of viscous, demented liquor, he is determined to obtain the new Chrome Spider's trophy. He dreams of becoming the scorpion who never sweats. Quite frankly, I'm sickened to have this individual infiltrate my headspace. He talks of lascivious laughs, haunting his every second as the clock splits clicks. Time speeds by in the form of a neon snake. Massive delusions? Very probably. I fear for my safety. He is as weak as his fellow man. I am now surrounded by hypocrites, liars, drunks, clowns, fools, sycophants and the desperate. I insist we barter with the moon to sell the patient's cohesive lyrical maps in exchange for a vision of the future. Stricken with grief, I have no choice but to turn to lethal toxins. Hardcore punk paste. All-stars taking over.
And that came out as uh, the lead track to the classic 4AD compilation called Lonely as an Eyesore that came out in 1987, produced by uh, Ivo Watts-Russell, the joint founder of the label. And the album title comes from the track Fish by Throwing Muses that's included on the LP. At the time, the Muses were the uh, latest and newest signings to the label. The full track listings as follows, Hot Doggy, Colourbox, Acid, Bitter and Sad by This Mortal Coil. Cut the Tree by the Wolfgang Press, Fish by Throw Muses, which we've just been talking about, Frontier by Dead Can Dance, Crushed by Cocteau Twins, No Motion by Diff Juz, Moscoviet Mosquito by Clan of Zymox, and the protagonist again by Dead Can Dance. Now it's time for this.
that's the latest single from Lancashire's Mosley Bar. And you can get uh, their material at musicglue.com slash Bar slash home. And that's uh, M-O-S-L-E-Y. And before we heard Mosley Bar, we heard Dissolve Girl by Massive Attack off their third studio LP, The Magnificent Mezzanine, from 1998, their third studio LP. Now, let's go to 1987 now, and here's something by a band that just wrote cracking, cracking pop songs. Voice of the Beehive.
an album track off the Everything's the Rush LP that came out. Uh, when did that come out? I can't even remember. I'm not even going to say. I'm not even going to hazard a guess, but I know it was their third LP of four. And before that, their second single from 87 off uh, their debut LP, Let It Be. Voice of the Beehive with I Say Nothing. And that is a fan dabby doozy. 
what else is forthcoming well i can tell you on top of the new releases that i've uh, teased you with you're going to be able to hear some uh, fun boy 3 some audio web some whoa nows in as much as uh, we've got a, a whole uh, well the hat trick in its entirety are all new releases this week non-thematic i'll hasten to add and what else can you hear that is non-new release wise let me see as i scroll down actually i think that's yet a lot there's some lamb chop coming up as well um actually lots of new releases are going to be uh, heard in the second half of the program but up next we're going to go back to uh, bakersfield california and we're going to hear something else i played quite a bit of them in the, in, in recent history uh, here's something else by thorns of love this is a single from last year and it's entitled zine days <laughs> Thank you. 
That's a superb extended mix of Our Lips Are Sealed by Funboy 3, a single from 83. Funboy 3 were Terry Hall, Neville Staple and Ninville Golding after they left the specials. And uh, the song was co-written by Terry and Jane Wheedland of the Go-Go's. And the Go-Go's had a hit with the same song a year prior in the United States. And uh, before we heard Our Lips Are Sealed, we heard uh, an American outfit from California, Fawns of Love, with a single from last year, fawnsoflove.bandcamp.com. That's Zine days that we just heard. Let's go to Manchester now and hear some audio web.
that's Plymouth's Wonows from their second full-length release, Young and Cool, from last year. And uh, they are at wonows.bandcamp.com. That's W-O-A-H-N-O-W-S. And before we heard uh, Wonows, we heard Policeman Skank by AudioWeb, uh, Martin Merchant. What an absolute diamond of an LP. Well, actually, both AudioWeb LPs are absolutely fantastic. And that is off their second one, Fireworks City, their seventh single from 1998. The Policeman Skank. Marvellous stuff. Now it's time to roll back the years uh, with Reckless Abandon, no less and to uh, lose one's shit. And it's your chance to dance to something, move yourself, cut some rug, you know, do that type of stuff. Whether you're alone, whether you're in, uh, on the high street with your headphones on, doesn't really matter. Anyway, this is a, one of those thematic uh, features whereby I play something along those lines. But in this instance, it's also a cover version. In this instance, it's also a tribute to Mr. Peter Talk, who we lost this week. He'll be sorely missed as a kid, the monkeys. They were magical. When that TV programme came on, everything, everything stopped. Yeah, yeah. I got something yeah. for your mind, your body, and your soul. <laughs>
Nicole Gems presents the following. I feel like I've been in this You're gonna get a haircut? Nah, when my beard comes in, I'll shave my head. Yeah, that'll really drive up the wall. Hey, Mary Beth. Hey, Maddie. Mary Beth, I've got the Monkees' new LP. Wanna hear it? Hey, look, Matt's got the Monkees' new album. The Monkees' greatest hits. Hey, let's see. Give it over, ma'am. We'll put it on. I wanna be free. I want I'm a believer. Then I saw her face. Now I'm a believer. My last train to Clarksville. I gotta hear it. Take the last train to Clarksville and I'll meet you at the station. Hey man, what are you doing? Where you going, Maddie? To listen to my new album. Could I come? Sure, if you want to, Mary Beth. Let's go. Where? To get our own album. Yeah. The Monkey's Greatest Hits on Cold Gems. Maybe we should get it on Stereo 8 tape. I've got a dollar. Me too. And I've got a buck fifty. Sheltering sky, and you're an angel 
unmistakable voice of Michael Jira that is Swans with a single from 1989 entitled Saved of the Burning World LP produced by uh, Bill Laswell if you can uh, believe that and before that The Monkeys we heard uh, a greatest hits radio spot preceded by The Farm doing Stepping Stone that was the, the Farm's fifth single and of course made famous by the monkeys and this is of course in tribute to Mr Peter Talk who we lost just a matter of days ago. Uh, the song in keeping with uh, most of the monkeys material was written by Boyce and Hart, Tommy Boyce and Bobby Hart and it was first recorded actually by Paul Revere and the Raiders and appeared on their LP Midnight Ride in uh, 1966 in May but it reached number 20 in November of the same year by the monkeys and it was the B-side to I'm a Believer. There you have it. So it was the first of the Monkees uh, songs to chart in the capacity of it being a B-side. So their first B-side to chart reached number 20. There you have it. And that's a, a semi-feeble tribute to the wonderment and uh, the joy that was provided to us as kids and throughout our youth by, by the Monkees. Peter Talk being a member of them and he'll be sorely, sorely missed. Right now, it's time for our weekly peel. And this week, we're going to go back to 1978 and hear something from Manchester again, actually. You're going to hear something by Magazine and uh, hear something called Real Life Definitive Gaze.
typically stellar stuff. That's Jane Weaver. That's the Tom First extrapolation version of Argent. And the original version appears on Jane's seventh LP, Silver Globe, from 2014. Again, Jane Weaver with Argent, the Tom First extrapolation version. Before that, Real Life, Definitive Gaze by Magazine. The original appears on 78's WLP Real Life on Virgin Records, and that was Appeal Session from February 78. Again, magazine, real life, definitive gaze. Now it's time for another special outro. We've got uh, weekly peel out of the way. We've got a cover version out of the road. We've got our uh, losing one shit out of the way. This hat trick is really not really thematic other than they're all new releases, each and every one of them. And I'll kick things off with a band from Montreal. They're fantastic. They're called Anemone.
this week's hat-trick. In reverse order, we just heard Mint Field. They're from Tijuana. That's in Mexico, in case you don't know. And that's off the soon-to-be-released Mientras Esperas EP. It's it's rather tidy. Mintfieldil.bandcamp.com. Order the EP and you'll receive the entire five-track on uh, release day, March 1st. Uh, that's the day the physical copy is coming out as well as the remainder of the digital releases but you will receive Jordan de la Paz which is what we've just heard and a new release it is too so that's uh, three of uh, sorry that's uh, three of three uh, that's Mintfield the second of three was Thinking of You by Holiday Ghosts they're from Falmouth and it's off uh, their latest and second LP West Bay Playground HolidayGhosts.bandcamp.com and the first of the three was Anemone from Montreal, off the new debut Beat My Distance LP, a track called Daffodils and Anemone Loves You. Bandcamp.com is where you can keep abreast of all things Anemone. So let's uh, let's hear some more new releases. We just heard three in a row in a sort of globe trotting hat trick, if you like. Let's hear some new metal ethel, soon to be uh, soon to be followed by uh, the the new single by the immense Teenage Fan Club.
that they're back, aren't we? Teenage Fan Club, everything has fallen apart. TeenageFanClub.com, that's the latest single by those pop demigods. They're currently touring North America, and I'll be seeing them in Montreal in a little while, on the 9th of March. Get that from all major digital repositories. Again, everything is falling apart by Teenage Fan Club. And before that, our chums from uh, Perth, Australia. That's Methyl Ethel, second single, pulled off their latest LP. And that's a song called Real Tight. Next, Julie is the latest single by The Black Watch, the brainchild of John Andrew Frederick, who's been on the show before. He's from Santa Barbara. And the new single is called Julie, and it's rather good.
Loves me, but you. That's Julianne Hatfield. That's one of two songs you're going to be hearing of this week's Essential Wax, as brought to you by Everything Indie Over 40. But before I go into more detail, I'll let you know what you heard prior to hearing Julianne Hatfield. You heard Julie by The Black Watch, and that is a single brand new available at theblackwatch.bandcamp.com. Get your hands on it. Now, Julianne Hatfield, who is this woman? Well, This week's Essential Wax is her debut solo release, Hey Babe, from 1992. She was in a band called uh, Blake Babies that disbanded in 1991, a Massachusetts band. Uh, She's from just outside Boston, incidentally. And this record is uh, is a gem, actually. And uh, as I say, it's her debut. She's had uh, a litany of records since. And uh, she's always held a special place for me as Julianne Hatfield. So I'll uh, give you some more information about the LP. After I play you one more song, here's I See You.
song in two shows that feature Grant McLennan in the title of the song. In this instance, it's uh, an oldish tune from uh, from 91 by uh, an Australian outfit called Smudge. And uh, the tune's called Don't Want To Be Grant McLennan. And you can snag it at uh, Australia Half A Cow Records Bandcamp site. So halfacow.bandcamp.com. And they've been re-releasing uh, all of their material over the course of the last little while. And before that, 
I See You by uh, Juliana Hatfield, second of two songs of our Essential Wax, which is her debut self-titled affair on Mammoth Records from 1992, as brought to you by Everything Indie over 40.com visit them and align yourself with like-minded musical folk who appreciate a good tune that's that lot over there and we love them for it uh, following the breakup of the blake babies that uh, julia hatfield was in in 1991 she she did join the lemonheads in recording their breakthrough lp it's a shame about ray which is a diamond of a record which uh, a lot of you know of course she was playing bass on that record and uh, provided backing vocals this record of hers, uh, a favour was returned, I suppose, because it features heavily Evan Dando, John Wesley Harding and Mike Watt, amongst uh, a load of other contributors on the record. Produced by Gary Smith, again, Julianne Hatfield's debut solo LP, Hey Babe, from 92. It's brought to you by Everything Indie, over40.com. That's this week's Essential Wax. Up next, something new of the marvellous. It's always marvellous when Martin Phillips writes a song. Latest album by The Chills is out. It's called Snowbound. Here's a tune called Time to Atone. Baby, we'll see that you do. You've 
Baby Girl, that's Cheerleader. 
They're from New Hampshire. And you can find out more about them at sirbabygirl.bandcamp.com, taking off their new and WLP crush on me. That's cheerleader. Time to atone before that. That's the chills, of course, on fire records off the magnificent new Snowbound LP. Technically, their eighth studio album, softbomb.com, is to follow the chills. Now, here's something new after just having heard two other new releases. Here's another one. Here's something by Christine X, entitled Camden. It's time to on a Thursday evening. It's nine minutes past seven. Look, and it's Joe and Danny. Uh, a duo, of course, musical duo, play Dingles tonight. They uh, join our backstage in EW1 or possibly having a preview meal somewhere else. Let's find out. I think first of all,
Saturday's second cover version is a rousing rendition of the theme from Dallas by Lamb Chop off 2004's Nashville Does Dallas. And that's actually where they're from. They're from Nashville. And before we heard the wonderful Lamb Chop, we heard the alter ego of Joe Bartlett. We heard Christine X. And it's a project whereby she's, uh, she's releasing one track for every letter of the alphabet. Go to it, her wonderful blog, IndieThroughTheLookingGlass.com, to learn a lot more about that one. And if you're uh, sharp of hearing, you'll have noticed uh, some uh, Gideon Co. on that particular record. And uh, that track concerned was called Camden. Now it's time for this. Since we have time, boys and girls, it's our uh, weekly delving and heaping of digital fodder and ephemera. And it's a good one, actually. Um, I don't know if you have a dilemma uh, such as I do, whereby you've got tons and tons and tons of CDs and you'd love to digitize them and uh, be able to listen to them at your behest really um it's tricky it's manual you have to rip them into whatever uh, format you want to rip them into and then uh, find a decent music playing repository and be happy with all aspects of that it's a tricky one seagate are a well-known hard drive manufacturer and they've come up with something because you want to go to blog.seagate.com how ready to play can save your music collection this particular uh, backup plus ready to play uh, package that they have it's costly i'll I'll give you that Uh, it's about a dollar thirty per cd but they'll rip everything in lossless for you and uh, accrue your collection digitally for you if you haven't got the time or inclination to do it yourself that's me except i don't want to spend the money i'm looking for some some volunteer who will do it for you know baked beans on toast uh, for their tea type thing it's a tricky one i'd love to be able to get all my stuff digitized but uh, it's cost ineffective however if you do have more money than me for a buck 30 a throw you can get it done by visiting uh, our friends at uh, seagate go to their blog blog.seagate.com learn more about that up next we've got something by jessica pratt from los angeles off a second lp called quiet signs here's a song called this time around Oh, oh. 
survived My dreams have chased me To this place where I've arrived The sun's at the door It's knocking The morning For me, the morning is a friend I swing my feet from the bed to the floor Day. I tell myself as I cross the floor The sun's at the door It's knocking The morning is a friend It's before me the morning is a friend da, 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 da. Twisted scenes 
cut across all my dreams People appearing That I haven't seen since I was 16 Uncles and TV stars Are trying to sell me a maze From gunfire, blood and tears in my eyes. The sun's at the door, it's knocking. Robert Forster, and that is the morning of his seventh solo LP, Inferno, and we'll be getting much more into Robert Forster in just a couple of seconds, but before uh, I do, let you know that before we heard the wonderful track The Morning by Robert Forster, we heard Jessica Pratt with This Time Around of her second LP, Quiet Signs, jessicapratt.bandcamp.com, and that's Pratt with a, a double T. This is the first... Robert Forster LP in four years, specifically Inferno is. We've just heard The Morning. Let's see a life has turned a page. Both of these, incidentally, as chosen by Robert himself. In 72 To see the world the way some people do See the mountains and the ice Get to Byron Bay now, wouldn't that be so nice But she got pregnant and he could earn a wage They just left Noosa, life had turned to page Children, one to four, lived in Motola, could hear the surf roar. They built a home near the dunes, and that is where the whole family grew till the eldest son burst the cage, moved to Byron, life had turned to page. He left the coast at that stage. Byron, life had turned a page Life had 
turn the page Ah, uh, yeah They're older now Winding down Where Tola has grown into a much bigger town The rolling sea A constant sound Gentler waves are what he's looking for now Tola surf has too much rage Paddling out a new surf Life had turned a page Tola surf has too much rage Paddling out a new surf knows Life has turned a page Rosemary time and a little bit of sage Life had turned a page Yeah Life had turned a page Yeah the second of three songs that you're going to hear off Robert Forster's seventh solo LP, Inferno, the second of three songs that he has chosen himself. Now it's over to myself and Robert for a chat, which will educate you immensely on the world of Robert Forster. And I'll be back afterwards to play the third and final song and the last song of the show and wrap things up for episode 116. I know you're going to enjoy this. Uh, I'm just really content with it. And um, it's, It'll be interesting to see how it goes out in the world. It's, it comes out in a couple of weeks. Yes. So, you know, like I'm looking forward to, you know, like what sort of response it gets. Um, but I'm really happy with it. Really, really happy with it. Well, I've been lucky enough to get a copy and I've listened to it intently uh, on numerous occasions. And it's a, it's a really concise unit of, of songs and, and typically beautifully crafted. I mean, that, that is, that's your hallmark. Um, what was the first track, actually, that, that you wrote? I mean, how old is the oldest track, essentially, Robert? 
On the other track is one called I'm Gonna Tell It, which is the second last track of the, the album. And I wrote that um, in 2007. And there's another track. The one after that is Life Has Turned the Page, which is probably from 2012, perhaps. Oh, so even uh, pre predates the, the last LP, even then. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. On um, both of those tracks, my last my last LP um, songs to play was the, the first album that I've done in seven years. Yeah. And I had I, I had twelve songs for that. I took twelve songs in the studio, and um, uh, um, I was I knew that I I probably had to cull the album down to ten songs to make it on vinyl. Yeah. And um, I. And just sort of coincidentally, we recorded I'm Going to Tell It and Life Has Turned a Page. We're in the 12th. And they were the two I wasn't happy with. I, I just, um, the other 10 songs I thought we really got, I was very happy with the recordings. But just something about those two didn't work. And then I just decided, because I don't write all that many songs and because I really like the songs, I thought, oh, well, I'll definitely keep them for my next album. Um, but it was just something of a coincidence that one of the ones, like I'm going to tell it, which I kept for this record, right. was actually the first song that I wrote for Songs to Play. So that was like the, the first song I wrote for that album. Um, and, you know, but um, it still, it always stood up, you know, like for me. And, um, and when we recorded it, it sounded like we just did a really fresh um, version of it that, that um, I thought it sat really well with the other songs. So was it a combination of things that sort of, sort of defibrillate life into two songs that you know have legs? You've got, the, you've got, you've got new artists at your disposal in the band. You've got, uh, yeah. you've, got Victor, you've got Victor behind the board again. So needless yeah. to say, a combination of things probably turned those songs from met into exactly what you wanted. Yeah, they did. They did. And um, it, it, I, I just didn't have any, any worries when I was standing there in the studio and playing them and we were just sort of like overdubbing on them. They, they just sounded like the others. Um, and um, so no, it, that worked out really well. That's great. I was just curious because it does seem, obviously, as I said in the beginning, a very concise unit. It's a, it's a proper LP. Um, in, in my ignorance, um, is the running order the same on, on, on the vinyl? And, and what's on side one, what's on side two? Just curious because I've got the digital copy. All right. Um, side, side one, um, it is the same. would be um, Crazy Jane down to the morning would, would be side one. So right. the first four songs. Um, and then side two starts with life has turned the page. Gotcha. So it's four and, and five as opposed to five and four. So four on A and five on B. Yeah, that's that's correct. Yeah. Gotcha. Now, I'm just morbidly curious because, of course, you're saying that uh, you know album lengths are incumbent upon vinyl if you have that kind of sensibility and that kind of audience. And there are lots of uh, lots of uh, contributing factors to to how many songs are on an LP and and, and what yeah. the actual sequence is as well. Yeah. Uh, look, sequencing is enormously important to me and uh, 
And I still think in terms of vinyl, I still think... I think vinyl put a, uh, a time constraint on albums like back in the 60s that was really good. I, I think... I think you, I don't know if it's coincidental or what, but I think trying to do something between about 34 minutes, 33 minutes and 39 minutes or whatever, I think is um, is ideal. I, I, I think it's a really good format. I think it's a format that holds, and uh, it's the way I think. Um, and I'm, I'm happy to keep thinking that way because it just works out for me, and, and I'm just trying to do something around 35 minutes or a little bit more that's just, um, you know, still a substantial time and there, there's a lot happening, but there's, it's, it's, uh, it's concise and it's clear. Yeah. Um, that's, it, really, it, that's really important to me. Yeah, well, it's, it, is, it has become kind of formulaic and it is proven. I mean, that, that pocket of 30 to 40 minutes, I don't know what it's, whether it's to do with the human attention span or, or whatever it might be or just what you're used to, but it, it, just, it just seems to be... Um, the stereotypical record seems to be sitting, yes. sitting within those parameters. Yeah, no, that, and 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 normally, um, but because it is, because I work within those parameters, the the sequencing is really important. You yes, know, like pe people can make, you know, sixteen song albums or eighteen song albums, and it's almost like to me, it's it's it'd be out of control. You know, like it. It's sort of, um, then you start to think, oh, you know, like, about sign, you know, song nine or song 13, I would know how that feels. You know, like, it would be, I think you start to um, sequence songs in clumps then if you're, if you're up to about 18. And yeah. Where if, you, if you've got nine or 10 and you're dealing, you know, like, with between 30 and 40 minutes, it, you've really got to get it right and Oh, for sure. I mean, I was never lucky enough to interview Strummer, but I would have asked him immediately about Sandinista. <laughs> I to spread that over and make some kind of concerted, even works over four sides of, of vinyl. That take that's that's a big, big undertaking. Hey, you, you're working once more with Karen, which uh, I don't suppose you're too far yeah. away from her in, 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 at any juncture, and, and Scott. But but you, you've aligned with um, with Earl and Michael. How, how did that happen? Um. Earl was um, Victor's suggestion. Um, I was talking to him, and he was. We we we, we had to record quickly just because of budget, um, not constraints, but just sort of being aware of budget. And that wasn't all of it, though. He um, Victor had worked with Earl, who lives in Berlin. Yeah. Um, and he just said, "Look, I've worked with this drummer. I think he's really fantastic." I think he'd be great for the record, and I really recommend him. Um, and when Victor said that, I just thought, you know, I just even just within the relationship of working with a producer engineer, um, you know, like it's a two-way street. And so, but I trusted Victor completely, and I just went, okay, right. let's if you can get him, and you think he's right, let's let's work with him. And and he was a session drummer, and he is a session drummer, so he's the first sort of session player that I've worked with that's done a whole album, you know, like this had such a vital role. And he, he just worked out um, incredibly. Um, he, he just come off, 
he arrived the night before the session from London. He'd just done six weeks with the, the he's their drummer and he's played with them. Oh, he's drumming with that with Matt. John. Okay, because I know I know he, I know he drums with Tindersticks. Yeah, yeah, he's with Tindersticks, um, but he also does session work. You know, like he's he's done Joe Jackson, Joe Jackson, Seal, um, Beyonce. You know, like he's done a lot of um, he's done sessions in LA, in London. Um, so, um, um, and he was just incredible. Um, brilliant, brilliant. And then the. The keyboard player was uh, called Michael Mulhouse. I'd, um, I'd done a, a festival in Berlin back in 2013. And uh, the person that put on the festival wanted me to play it, and they sort of organised a band for me. You know, like they said, like, you know, we can put together three people that I think would work really well with you. And um, they were great, and one of them was keyboard player Michael who I thought was great and so knowing that I was coming to Berlin I, I contacted him because right. uh, I, I really wanted piano on the record and so he was available so it was really a, a like a, a meeting of a couple of worlds there um, and it all worked out brilliantly it, it, it was really astounding how well these five people Scott, Karen, myself Earl and um, Michael just made this record, just fit it together, which is really wonderful. Well, it's great because I was actually going to ask you if it was an, you know, an effortless and productive time, you know, being in Berlin again, almost like a second home with, with you know, Berlin natives and, and having a tangible yeah. attachment to the place. It was, it was. You know, like we, we did all that, like Earl only, he's so busy, he only had four days um, to be there, so we had to. We, we, we did all of the, um, Karen wasn't there, she got there a little bit later in the second week, but uh, it was like Earl, Scott, Michael and myself in a, in a room um, playing the songs, just, we'd done a little bit of rehearsal with, with Michael, Scott and I, and uh, Earl, I was just playing the songs before we went in, and he sort of, he can sort of listen to a song and know all the parts he's going to play and play it perfectly after hearing the song once. Just incredible um, <laughs> in itself, <and> yeah. <laughs> he was getting all the stops and everything after I just strummed the song to him once. It was really <laughs> something to see. And um, so, you know, like we just, the, the, this is another thing I like about the record is it's a performance record, you know. So, although it sounds quite big and beautiful and a little bit lush, um, it's, it's the four of us in a room, like really playing those songs. So there's a lot of, you know, just tension and playing and and it's not something that's been laboured over on Pro Tools for three months, you know, like just yes. one little overdub a day. Yeah. It, it, it really is, um, it's a good combination, you know, like just sort of really beautifully recorded, but... Well, it's, yeah. it's abundantly clear um, to me, it's abundantly clear to me that you're just happy with how everything came together because, you know, you've been around a long time and I'm sure you've been in circumstances yeah. where... Where all the planets don't align, and it, and it, and it proves yeah. quite a challenge. It can, it can, and that that has has happened. I mean, and um, I guess you know, like just just being older, you know, maybe, you know. So just looking at the situation and going, um, you know, um, I need Scott, I need Karen, I trust Victor. 
Um, Michael, I, I played with five years ago, but I, I, I think he's right. Um, and even just the idea of, even before that, just thinking um, that Victor was, was right for these songs and, and taking the gamble of, you know, pushing the, the recording budget to the absolute limit and going to Berlin and doing it all was, um, it all worked out. It, it, it's, um, yeah, I, 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 you know, it's been, a, you know, I've been very happy with, with what I've done. Um, overall, but but this was definitely one of the, the, the times when things just worked. That's great. Yeah, I'm, I'm obviously, yeah. obviously very happy for you. And of course, you're uh, you're living in the wonderful boutique world of Tapet Records as well, which is also a, a, a very big plus in my eyes. Yeah, it is. They're, they are just so good. I I really enjoy working with them. Um, they're really nice people. They're very efficient. Um, they've got very good, um, you know, like they've got very good people working for them in the UK and Ireland, and that's just really nice that that's covered. And then, you know, like, um, especially like places that, um, you know, like I'm stronger with audiences, you know, like in Germany and Austria and yeah. Scandinavia, they've got they've got that really well covered. And you know, down Spain and it's good. It's 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 really worked out well. Oh Gunter, Gunter's a star. I mean literally anything and everything that comes out on Tapet, I'm gonna give it a punt, even if I don't know who they are. Because I trust the man. Oh that's fantastic, that's fantastic. Um yeah, no, he's he's great, Nina's great, um, who works um with with him on the press. Um you know, like, um, it's good. I and mean, then, you know, it's sort of a really good size operation. It um, is. You know, you, you, don't, you don't feel like you're lost in some sort of, uh, which, I, you know, like you sometimes feel in bigger places. And, um, and it's not, you know, like one person trying to juggle a hundred balls. For sure. Um, For but sure. It, it also can be in other instances. So, no, it's really, really good. It's I'm great. And well, that's general consensus, too. Because I was actually talking to uh, to Bill Pritchard a couple of days ago, and he's on Tapet. Oh. So Bill Bill's very enamoured with the label, as is uh, Stephen from from the Telescopes as well. I mean, everyone I talk to is just delighted with in this modern age of music actually not being a number. Someone's there nurturing you and really cares about your art. So yeah. that's a big big deal. That is that's really really good to hear. Yeah, no, they um, um yeah no I I, I don't. I don't 15 months ago, I played they had a birthday party to Pete in um, in in London, and I saw Bill Pritchard play actually, and um, and I, I took I was performing there with like Pete Astor was there, brilliant, and, um, and uh, it was really really great, um, and uh, no, they're they're really good. Great. I'm just, as I say, it's, it's a wonderful marriage. I mean, I'm, I'm not slating the world of Beggar's Banquet and Universal and the Heady Days, but in the modern age of music, you need you need a home that you can trust. Yes, yeah, and they they definitely do it, and they're they're very, you know, they're very efficient, and but they're also very warm and supportive. It's a good combination. Yeah, yes, great, and and, and a receiving end in my in you know on my side of the table. It's just wonderful to to, to be working with them. I, I was just curious because I've. My wife's been lucky enough to go to Oz on, on several occasions to see her family. Um, I, I've not been able to go by virtue of you don't just go there for two or three weeks. You've got to go there for uh, for quite some time to, to make it worth it. But 
I've heard nothing but wonderful things about Brisbane, not just uh, culturally or geographically or climate-wise, but yeah. in terms of a scene. I'd just love to get your assessment of, you know, first of all, can, can home be anywhere else for you other than Brisbane? And, and I know there's been a scene for, for, for many decades. Is, is there something that you could probably nod at and say, look, there's still a, a concerted scene going on and it's something to take notice of? Um, I, co I couldn't live without other places. I mean, I, um, part of it was, you know, like I came back to Brisbane uh, because Grant was living here, you know, and this was where he was set yeah. um, when we reformed the Gerber Twins. Um, that's what, what um, um, brought me back here. And then, you know, like you have roots and, you know, the children are going to schools, etc. Yeah. Um, and so we stay here. Um, I mean, I, I like the city, especially when it's like 30 degrees and under, I, I suffer. Like a lot of people in, in the, the summer, summer heat, which is getting worse, but um, um, as a place to live and work out of, it's really, really um, good. It's quite, um, it's, you know, it's a big city, but it's relaxed. Um, yeah. And it's, um, like especially when you go down to Sydney and, you know, there's just a density and uh, a pace there that is, everyone's running there. Um, and so Brisbane's a little bit more relaxed. In terms of the, the, the music, you know, like I've, um, it's always been, um, it's, it's a little bit more do-it-yourself do here in Brisbane. You know, like it's a little bit more, big bands have come out of here and, um, and a lot of good bands have come out of here. But it hasn't sort of got that, like, the infrastructure, like, that some way, like, Melbourne has got, which is a lot more a music capital in a way. Um, but, um, um, but a lot of people here, you know, just, um, yeah, it's a little bit more of a do-it-yourself thing, which, which means that um, everyone's, you know, like, there's a different scene and everyone... Um, you know, it's, it's sort of a, a cooperative thing. Um, I, yeah, I, I can that, see that, yeah, yeah. That's always been a part of Brisbane. Yeah. Is it, is it similar? Because in this geography here, in Canada, for instance, the more laid-back cities on the West Coast, and Vancouver's a completely different vibe. You've got the metropolis, but uh, you've, you've got that... Um, as you said, that concentration of people seems to uh, be less poignant in, in places like that, and that, of course, has has an effect upon a human being where you're not tripping over people like on Oxford Street. Um, yeah, yeah. And I would imagine... Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'll just imagine that's something that uh, a chap like you is, is immensely comfortable with. Yeah, it is. It means I can just sort of... Uh, you know, like, I basically I need as little distractions as possible and just sort of, you know, like an, an easy sort of suburban lifestyle. Um, but, you know, like sort of relatively close to the city, you know, it gets very green around here, lots of trees, it's, you know, it's sort of subtropical, um, and it, it's sort of, it's, it's good, you know, like, I, I, as I said to you, like, at the start of the conversation, you know, like, I couldn't do the country for, uh, like, a number of reasons, you know, yeah. like, it's just, I, I, I need to be plugged in a bit, um, but, and so, you know, like, it's, it's a really good... But then, you know, like, I really enjoy um, getting out and getting in, into 
you know, when I go down to Sydney and Melbourne, or when I go to London, or when I'm in Berlin, or something like that, it's a really nice jolt. You know, like it's really nice to sort of get into something bigger and quicker. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then, you know, like after you know, you've got everything you, you can out of that to sort of come back to Brisbane. That's not going to a country town, but it's still sort of um, a little bit more relaxed. Yeah, I, I understand what you're trying, and it's also it's a very similar parallel to where I am in my life in terms of wanting the suburbia and the quiet, not wanting to live too far on the sticks, but also wanting proximity to life. It's it's yeah. hard to find that triple happy medium. It's very difficult. And and what's Ottawa like? Ottawa's quite staid. It's 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 um, it's the capital. Uh, uh, so there's there's, yeah. there's lots of money here, but it's, it's a bit of a it's a financial bubble as well because you've got uh, federal, municipal, and uh, and provincial money. Uh, it, it's a very nice place to, to bring up children. You've got everything that you yeah. need. You've got, you know, and of course, that sounds really uncool to, to many people, but uh, frankly, I couldn't care. I have kids and I want what's best for my kids. So you make concessions yeah. as a parent. So is it somewhere I'd like, you know, point on a map and go, yeah, I want to, I aspire to live there? Well, not really. I, I followed family here. I didn't just sort of rock up here willy nilly. So, yeah. but having said that, you know, you just turn on the news, Robert, as you well know, and Canada is uh, it's a place that I would like to be. I'm, I'm amongst people who aren't, uh, uh, crikey, who, who aren't not like me to the nth degree, like uh, a few hundred, well, at least a hundred million south of the border here, because what's going on there can't yeah. help but infiltrate here. So in the whole scheme yeah. of things, wonderful. If you've removed winter, I'd be an exceptionally happy fella, but uh, it, it seems to be the great leveler. It keeps the snakes away, Robert. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's about well, one point. Important. Yeah, it is. It's bloody important to the likes of you and I. But it's about one point one million people, so it's not a not a tiny place by any stretch. But it's not. The... All right. Okay. All right. Well, that that corresponds um, very much with Brisbane. It's that's it's around the same thing. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, you, you've probably been, well, I know you've been to, to Toronto and Montreal over the years, and it's slap bang in the middle between those two massive Canadian right. cities. There's the capital kind of nestled in there. And it's concentrated on, on, on the East Coast. Anyway, so that, that's Ottawa. We've learned about Brisbane. And, and also, I'm just wondering, are, are you... It's not as if I'm suggesting for one second that you're idle, but have you put uh, pen to paper lately? Have you been writing at all? I, I have. I'm, uh, I'm working on a story that... Uh, I, I sort of started about two years ago, and, I, and I've been able to... And I've been... I've done two sort of roughly six-month blocks on that. Um, and I'm coming to the end of it now because I'm, I'm um, starting work on, like, I, on Friday I fly to London and do two weeks of promo um, for the, the record in Europe. So yeah. I'm just starting to, to go out. Um, but, yeah, I'm working on a story and um, I've tried to write one, like, for, for a long time, like in the 90s, um, and um, so it, it's, I don't know if I'll finish it, like I've got the, the whole story in my head, and um, I'll just see if, if, if I think it's good enough to, you know, like send a publisher or go out to the world or, or whatever. At the moment, I'm, I'm just sort of writing, you know, my own pleasure, um, you know, and um, so I'm doing that, but I can't, you know, I can't keep doing that for too long because you know it doesn't generate any income at the moment. So right. it's not some, it's not something that I can. I I want to give three or four years to. I I 
I want to write the story and um, it's probably going to take another, at the most, six months to finish it and then I'll, I'll just see where I stand with it. It's interesting, and I, I, I didn't think for one second that you wouldn't be writing something. That's why I had to ask, because it seems that you're always... Yeah, no, no, and I am, I am. I, I enjoy writing a great deal, and, um, and I'm just happy that I've got this story that, um, that uh, I'm involved with that I really like, and, um, but it's, it's a whole new thing for me. You know, like I've, I've never written fiction before, so how good it will be or where it will finish you know, like, if, if it'll leave the house, I really don't know. But I'm enjoying doing it. Good stuff. I'm sure it's, at the very least it's cathartic for you, at the very, very least. Yes, exactly. exactly. I was, I was, I was just, just morbidly curious about... The, 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 I know it's, this is about Inferno, and we're all immensely happy that you've got this new record out, which we'll come back to, but the Domino Anthology, in, in terms of curating that, was it a massive investment for you? Because it's a beautiful package. Yeah, it was. It was. It, it was a, 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 a lot of time uh, and effort. And um, I was working with a very good um, designer um, in, in Matt Cooper, who works for Domino. He, he did a very good job. Chris Gillespie, who from New York, who from Domino, has yeah. been incredible with it. Um, and no, that was very satisfying. You know, like we're working on Volume Two. We're hoping to get it out. At the end of this year, that's Lovely. another reason why why I'm going to London um, to see if I can, um, you know, like tie up loose ends with that. Um, no, it's good. I I sort of it's good to dip back into that whole world and um, you know put these um, the box sets together. Um, it's good for um, it's a, you know a good presentation of the, the band, and I'm very happy about that. That's oh, brilliant. Now, that's, it's great news too that there's the uh, there's the imminency of, of of volume two, although not not totally around the corner, but it is forthcoming. That's great news. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. And obviously, you said you're you're off in a couple of weeks, and I know that you've got you've got uh, quite a few dates in Europe in, in April and May. Um, yeah. Are you um, looking to do any festivals, or is it something that's tricky to, to, to go go back home? You've got to do three or four in a row, I would imagine, to make it worthwhile. Is it something that's on your agenda? Um, yeah, but I, I don't really get invited to festivals. I'm, um, I'm a little bit off that radar. Um, I, I'm coming back after April, May in Europe. I'm coming back and I'm doing um, a tour here about... Oh, uh, 13 or 14 shows in Australia in July. Um, so, and maybe I'll do a few more Australian shows after that. Um, so, that's what I've got um, before me at the moment. Um, I'd like to play festivals, but I'm not, I don't just seem to be in that, um, I, you know, like not popular enough. I'm just not on that that world. That, I don't know. Well, that's a travesty. I, I'm going to have to write a letter because that's that's irking me right now. You should be. You should please, be. Please, you should. Write, write, write one to, to Glastonbury. Write one to. Well, uh, you know, yeah. Write, I mean, one to, for you, it'd be ideal because summer for a North American tour, yeah. there's there's about eight or nine wonderfully sequential sort of uh, events that happen during the course of the summer yeah. that would be worthwhile. Otherwise, it's it's it really is a. Uh, 
Well, it's a, it's a make-work project unless it can be organised, isn't it? It is. I, I haven't been to North America in uh, um, 11 years. Um, it just doesn't seem to... I don't know. It, it's, we try, um, but it just doesn't seem to click there. Um, so, I mean, we'll keep on trying, but... Um, we just have to see. Yeah, I just just being purely selfish, Robert. Just you know, I'm no, just, I, <laughs> I'm, I perfectly understand. You know, um, but you know, it's it's we keep trying. Good. Well, that, that's that's good that you haven't completely given up. But I, I do I do appreciate no. the the enor the enormous undertaking it is to come from to come from the antipodes to do a North American tour yeah. nowadays without a massive record label. It's just a very very hard uh, thing to to even ponder. It is. It is. It's very hard. I was wondering if you could do a, a lazy fellow like me a favour, and um, could could you procure, could you choose three records, sorry, three songs off the record that you would like me to play? I mean, I'm perfectly happy to play any of them. I've listened to it to, to death, and, oh, I, and I, I love it, but uh, I would like you to choose three to, to, to play around this feature, if that's all right. Yeah, one of them would, would definitely be The Morning, um, which is track four. Yeah. And uh, that is... Uh, it's the last song that I wrote for the record, uh, and when I wrote it, I knew that the record was done. I just thought, great, uh, that's the final piece, and it's an unusual song for me in that it's it's um, it's it's very melodic. It's a it's sort of got a classicism to it that I'm really happy about. It's it's very flowing. It's, it's very um, one thing leads to the other. It's got um, a, 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 a big chorus, which uh, normally I, I'm, I am not a big chorus. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> it's not, not your so, thing, is it? And so that's probably why I'm not you know, big in North America, but it's, <laughs> it's there on this one. Um, and I like the, I really love the lyric, it's all true. Yeah, and uh, and we recorded really well. Some beautiful acoustic guitar, like nylon string guitar from Scott. Beautiful song. Yeah, no, like it's a favorite track of mine. Well, it's also um, got it's got the meaning that it's, it's that clincher, as you, as you say, it put the tin lid on the record, so it's always going to hold a special place for you in terms of ah, does. that sigh of relief. I would imagine it it does, and that's why you know it's the last song on side one, which is sort of an important. Yes, yes. Position. And uh, so there's that one. Um, Life has turned the page. Um, I, I love. Um, it's, it's, it's all that song is true. It's about a person that I met who lived um, by the surf, um, actually just north of Caloundra. Oh, um, there you I, go. And, there you go. And so... They, that was their whole life, you know, the, the four children and um, living in, it's, it's a town called Wotola, which is just north of Cloudham. Um, so it's, it's a true story, someone I met, and so if you can, you know, take something from, like, really solid from, from life. Yes. You know, like meeting, meeting someone, hearing their story, and then being able to put it into the song is, is a real thrill. Um, and I love the, I adore the recording of this, the Earl's Bongos, and just the, 
lazy feel of it, although lots of information is going across, and I love the melody. Um, that's a favourite, and, and probably also the next one, Remain. Remain, okay. A, uh, that was the second last song I wrote. That was that I wrote that just before the morning, and it's it's a uh, it's sort of a, a slinky sort of rock song, and uh, again when I wrote that I was very excited, and it's sort of got a, like a little bit of a like a late seventies New York feel to it. You know, like that's what it does in my, my fantasy world. Yeah, it's a little bit, forgive me for saying this. Forgive me for um, saying this, but it comes across a little bit dirty. I don't know if that comes across right, but it's... Yeah, about, I know, that's, that's... It's a little bit, you know, just CBGB, so just, you know, the East Village yes. in 1977. And um, so there, there, there's three songs that... Uh, Wonderful, and, and you've done a wonderful job, thank you, of explaining why. They're not just three suggested willy-nilly, they all have intrinsic meaning and, and, and relevance to you. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. And Robert, I've got one last question for you, and, and uh, it's a question I ask everybody, and I'm sorry to be uh, semi-flippant, as you might, you might construe, but it's nothing to do with music. It's, I've, uh, I've got a hypothetical situation that, that you actually do make it to the East Coast, and you, you've got a nice cup of tea in your hand, or a hot beverage of choice, and I've come out of the pantry with the magic biscuit tin. And uh, yeah. my question is quite simple. What would uh, you plump for if you could choose any Bicky, past, present, or even cosmically futuristic, what biscuit would you go for? Uh, I'm not a big biscuit person. I'm, I'm more a little bit of a... Um, if, if it wasn't too sweet, um, it would probably some sort of oat cookie. Gotcha. Uh, oat... oat um, cinnamon, bit of apple, um, but not not sugary. Um, you know, like quite naturally quite, sweetened, uh, right? Yeah, healthy, a healthy biscuit. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, I've got, I have this very intricate articular infographic of everyone I've interviewed in the last three years or so, dozens and dozens of folk, and they're all plumped adjacently, right next to their biscuit of choice. So, I will get that to you via via the label. Um, just, just, just. Oh, please do. Ju just for please do. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it, and um, and love to talk to you. And, and especially being in Ottawa, I, I, you know, like I, well, you know, I'd love to get back to Canada um, because I, I know when, when we used to tour there, um, we used to love it. Well, Robert, I mean, I'm, I'm ex-industry, and I've not been in the music industry for a while, but I, I'm, I'm still reasonably well-connected, so if ever it does come to reasonable fruition, I'd be delighted to help in any capacity. Oh, that's very kind. Oh, that's very kind. No, I, I need all the help that I can get, and, um, well, yeah, like, you know, like, we're, we're working on it, and it would be um, lovely to... Uh, come up there and, and thank you for that. Oh my thank pleasure, I've, I've just got one last thing to run by you because I, yeah. just out of pure coincidence, I, I received, I, I get a lot of promos of course as you can imagine and uh, there's an outfit uh, called the Net, uh, called um, Tenant from Zero and they've just released their WEP and their lead track is a beautiful ditty called Grant McLennan and I was just hoping to, to get you a copy of that. I'm just wondering, can I get that, can I send that to the, uh, the label of my, my rep contact yeah, and yeah, have yeah, them send yeah, that's it. the label because I'll be seeing them in, in, in uh, all in about 10 days great so I'll, I'll be in Berlin hanging out with them so if you get that through to them 
and that would be absolutely wonderful. And they've got a song called Grant McLennan. Yeah, it's, it's, and it's just, it's, I just want you to hear it because lyrically it's just beautiful. It's really poignant. It's just a great uh, little song. I'd, look, I'd love to hear the song. Oops, send it along to, to Peggy and I'll give it to you. That yeah, would be wonderful. I'll send that along with the biscuit chart. And, uh, Best of luck with, with, with the, the short term. I know you're going to be hectic and busy, but I'm sure it's going to be worth it. I think the more people that hear this record are going to, going to fall in love with it. And uh, I'm just chuffed for you. I'm chuffed for you. It's a beautiful piece of work, and I'm just so glad that you're still making music, Robert. Oh, thank you. That's very, very kind. Well, you know, I, I'm, it's a little bit surprising myself that, I, that I'm still um, writing songs. And, and well, I always, you know, enjoy music. But um, no, that, that is... That's beautiful, and um, it's been a, a, a pleasure talking to you. Likewise. Likewise, be good and, and, and just avoid the long grass. Take care of yourself. <laughs> I'll keep mowing the lawn. That's what I do. Yeah, just, just, uh, keep, just keep making videos of you mowing the lawn. You'll be fine. <laughs> I'll keep on doing that. I'll, uh, it'll keep them away. That's the way. That's the way. All the best. Take care of yourself. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. What a thoroughly enjoyable chat with Mr. Robert Forster. Thank you, sir, for your time. And I must, uh, I must let you guys know that uh, uh, prior to the chat, prior before I put on the, the record switch button, uh, we had a chat about snakes. I've got uh, uh, some family in uh, in Brizzy, in, in well, north of Brisbane, uh, on uh, Sunshine Coast, and uh, my, my brother-in-law just bought a house on the coast by the mountains and. Uh, riddled with snakes my in-laws are staying there right now so i was exchanging some snake stories and robert is in the same boat as me very much as being uh, petrified of said uh, slithery little buggers yet he lives in brisbane so uh, uh, got to keep his keep his grass in the back garden nice and short that's where that uh, where that banter came from anyway one more track of the uh, fantastic inferno lp his remain <laughs> Come on, 
Well, in Hollywood parlance, that's a wrap. That's uh, 116 in the can. My immense thanks go to Robert Forster for his time and his candor. And uh, in as much as my thanks go to Tapet Records and Robert specifically for aligning the interview, different Robert. And of course, to you lot for uh, giving me three hours of your very valuable time. Do me a favor, please, before uh, next week, recommend the program to someone who you think will appreciate it, i.e. who is uh, an eager recipient of decent music or someone who might need uh, musically defibrillating, i.e. they're in dire need of uh, of being told what to listen to. It'd be immensely helpful. More listeners, the better. Anyway, I'll be back next week with an interview with Matt Flint of Deep Cut with uh, episode 117. All the best. In the meantime, have a great week. Stay safe and be nice. Ta-ra.